0: From Four Direction LLC, it's the You Should Listen podcast, a show that intersects sports, business, fashion, and hip hop culture. We draw on experiences from influential people who have carved out a name in their respective creative space. We hope you pick up a few gems along the way. Thanks for tuning in. Today, Molly McManamy, aka Molly Mac virtually stops by the show to talk about life as an NFL agent and much more. Molly is an NFL agent and the VP of client services at Carrick Sports Management in Las Vegas. We talk about her hustler mentality and how she's able to relate to her clients and her journey to becoming one of the biggest names in the agency space. Molly is an advocate for athlete empowerment and determined to level the playing field for minorities and women that want to work in sports. She has an authentic personality that helps her relate to just about anyone. When she isn't working out or watching The Wire, odds are she's on the sidelines somewhere working on landing the next biggest name to grace the gridiron. Molly Mack is a star on the rise and a name you should get used to hearing. Enjoy the show. So I asked all my guests, if there was a movie about your life, who would play you and what would be the title of the film?
1: Oh, man. Daisy Ridley would play me. If you don't know who that is, it's who plays Rey in Star Wars. Because I get all the time that we look alike. <laughs> um, and what would the title be? That's tough. You should have warned me about this. Um, it would be something, something sarcastic for sure. I don't know. Can I c- circle back to that part of the question?
0: Yeah, you can circle back. I mean, I <laughs> actually like that title, Something Sarcastic, that leaves a lot of information.
1: That works.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, thanks again for taking the time to join the You Should Listen podcast. I'm your host, Layden, Layden Williams, and today I actually have Molly Mack. She's an NFL agent. So, Molly, go ahead and introduce yourself to the fans and listeners out there.
1: Um, my actual last name is McManamy. It's just very long and hard to say. Um, but I'm Molly Mack on social media for that reason. Mm-hmm. I don't like to make people uh, tackle that last name. Okay. Um, but I'm Molly McManamy. I'm an NFL agent and the vice president of client services for Carrick sports management or a full service um, NFL agency. We have about 40 clients right now. Um, all football players with the exception of one um, women's soccer player. Um, sorry, I just had to decline that. Um, about me, a little bit of just quick background. I have my law degree from Chapman University. I went to Cal State Long Beach for undergrad, which is in Long Beach, California. Most people haven't heard of it. Um, and I got my BA in communication studies. Um, got my job while I was in law school, going into my last year of law school. So I was very lucky there. And so this has kind of been my life since um, the summer in between my 2 and 3L. Um, I've been very lucky to be with the same company since I graduated. So that's kinda how I got where I'm at now and don't plan to leave anytime soon.
0: Gotcha, nice, and I know you mentioned uh, California, so I'm guessing you're actually from the West Coast?
1: Yeah, I grew up in Arizona, um, spent my whole life out there and then moved to California for college. Really didn't plan to ever leave um, until I got offered this job and I'm in an industry where when you get an opportunity, you usually have to make sacrifices for it and for me, that meant leaving where I love to live, and I came out to Las Vegas, so that's where I'm at now, <laughs> in Las Vegas, Nevada, where it's about 115 degrees today.
0: Wow, so it's pretty chilly there today.
1: Yeah, really chilly.
0: <laughs> cool, and I know you said that you mentioned uh, where you went to school, you said Cal State uh, Long Beach, right? Mm-hmm. And you studied communications. Just curious, what, what was your uh, decision or your thought into choosing that as a major?
1: Um, You know, when I actually moved to California, I started off at a junior college in Fullerton. Um, One of the best decisions I ever made. Had such a great experience doing that. Um, Highly recommend it as a course of um, action to get to a school you want to get to. But I I had envisioned going to UCLA my whole life. And then when it came time to transfer, I didn't get in. And so I had applied to four Cal State schools through their Common App just because it was easy. Um, They make it really easy to apply to multiple schools at once. And Long Beach was probably the last one I put on there. I had no intention to really go there. Um, And when I wanted to go to UCLA, I wanted to be a communication uh, studies major there. I didn't know at the time they were very different majors at UCLA than at Long Beach. But I applied to all the schools just with that major because at the time, with budget cuts and everything in California, you had to declare a major as a transfer. And they let you in based on the major, so I had no idea. I actually chose the most impacted major at Cal State Long Beach, but I got in uh, by the grace of God and um, decided to go to Long Beach out of all the schools I got into, and ended up um, figuring out it's uh, one of the top schools in California for communication studies. Um, but back, you know, when I wanted to be at, at UCLA and it kind of became my major on my radar, um, I just figured I didn't fully know what I wanted to do yet um, as a career. And I thought the skills you learn as a communication studies major, you can really use in any industry. Um, And so I also love public speaking. I love to write and those things are incorporated in every class when you're a communication studies major. And so just kind of all fell together and I ended up in the right place at the right time, not even knowing I was, you know, getting myself into one of the best um, departments at Um, not just at Cal State Long Beach, but in the state. And it was a phenomenal choice.
0: Gotcha. So uh, I guess in your mind, are you doing what you envisioned um, after college? It sounds like you definitely had an interest in the communications, whether that's media, journalism, or what have you. But kind of, when did you have that moment that you wanted to get into the industry?
1: Uh, Well, I actually decided before I transferred to Cal State Long Beach that I wanted to be an agent. um, And The communication, I I decided after I decided on communication studies, but it still made sense to me because I already had changed my mind probably three times on my career. And so I figured I'm not going to change it again and and have some, you know, because I knew I wanted to go to law school. I didn't want to change to poli sci or criminal justice because I knew my end goal was to be a sports agent, not to be a lawyer um, necessarily. So I didn't want to change my major after speaking to a bunch of law schools as well. They they kind of told me your major doesn't matter in undergrad. Okay. Um, so a lot of people think you have to be poli-sci or, or be a criminal justice major, but you just don't. Um, and so by the time that I you know got to school and I was in the program, um, I already knew I wanted to be an agent. And so the whole time I, I was in the program, I was focused on you know, obtaining skills that would help me later in law school and then after law school as an agent. So I never really thought about anything outside of being an agent while I was in undergrad. And I think, you know, I always kind of thought, oh, maybe I'll do journalism someday or I'll go into broadcasting. So I figured, again, if nothing else, this is a good major that can transfer into all those little sidebar careers I I thought about for maybe five minutes. Um, So I'm doing what I envisioned, but not something that really has to do with communication studies.
0: Gotcha, gotcha, understood. Uh, just curious, do you have to go to law school to be, to become an NFL agent?
1: No, so you have to have an advanced degree, Um, so the way it works is you go to um, undergrad, you have to go to some sort of post-grad school, so it could be a one-year master's program, it can be an MBA, a JD, PhD, whatever you want to do, Mm-hmm. Um, I in particular chose a JD because I knew I had an interest in law and I always tell people, if you have no interest in the law itself and you would never see yourself being a lawyer, don't go to law school to become an agent. There's so many other degrees you can get that will get you to that same place. Mm-hmm. And some of the best agents I know don't have their law degree. Um, but once you have your advanced degree, then you apply to take the NFLPA exam Um, the NFL PAs who governs us. Um, and then if you pass the exam, pay your fees, then you get certified, and then you're an agent. Nice.
0: Nice. And what was the study process like for actually preparing for um that test?
1: Um, I took a prep course with Joel Corey, who works for I forget what the school is actually called, but it's like an online sports management school. Um, he does a prep course. Um, I think it costs about $1,000, but it's well worth the money because it is an open book exam and they do send you the materials, but they don't send them to you until I think I got them in like early June. And the exam is in uh, the end of July. Mm -hmm. And so like Joel Corey's course, you could, I think there's two sets of it. There's one, um, I think that begins the weekend of the final four. And then there's another one right after that. And so you're, Fully prepared well before you even get the books that they send out, and then I use their materials to kind of cross-check what I learned. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I I got to the exam itself, which it's a two-day seminar, um, Thursday is just them preparing you for the exam, going through all the materials. Friday, the half the day they do that, and then the second half of the day is the exam. You can't possibly learn it all well enough just from that seminar if mm-hmm. you're not prepared before you get there. Um, and like I said, it's open book, but I use that just as a cross-checking. I went through, took the whole exam, and then I'd go back for any that I had questions on and then looked it up in the CBA and made sure I was right. But you can't possibly succeed on the exam if you wait until you get there um, to learn the material. So his prep course was phenomenal. Um, it's He makes his questions harder than the exam itself every week so that when you get to the exam, it's, it's feels pretty easy. I think I was honestly the first one done. <laughs> they give you, they give you three hours and I think I finished in 45 minutes and oh, I kind of looked around for a second and I was like, did I do something wrong because I'm done and nobody else looks done at all. And so I like raised my hand and they're like, yep, you can go, put your test over there and I passed. So I guess I knew what I was doing.
0: <laughs> nice. Nice. And obviously, um, successfully passing the standardized test is one part to becoming an agent, but actually landing a client is a test in another form. I wanted you to kind of talk about the process of landing uh, your first client and, and building those relationships.
1: So I'm very lucky that I was already working for a company when I got certified. So I started working for Carrick Sports, like I said, going into the, uh, going into my last year of law school. And then I worked for them over the course of the school year. And then at the end of the school year, I was offered full-time employment, which is why I relocated to Las Vegas because we're Mm -hmm. based here. And so that was from 2015 to 16. I spent the full next year just working, not certified, just working under my boss who has been an agent for almost 20 years now. Mm -hmm. Um, And learning from him and being mentored And then I was certified in 2017. So I had two full years of experience in this business, working for someone who threw me in the fire every chance he could. So I was doing everything I possibly could um, without being certified. And then I took the exam and then you don't actually get your certification technically until October. So I couldn't fully start recruiting on my own until uh, the middle of the 2017 college season. So that kind of puts you at a disadvantage because the other agents that were already certified have been talking to these guys all year. Mm -hmm. Um, So right when I got certified, my boss took me on recruiting trips and I sat in on meetings with him uh, because prior to that, you're not allowed to unless you're certified. You can't have anyone in your meetings that isn't a certified agent, the Jay-Z rule. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) And so right when I got my thing in the mail, my boss, we booked like a two-week long trip and hit a bunch of the kids we were recruiting. I got so much experience from that as well, watching him lead a meeting. And then it slowly turned into me being able to participate in it. And then the next year, 2018, is when I was able to go out on my own and fully recruit on my own. So I was making trips by myself in 18. Um, and the first, um, my first active client, who's an offensive lineman with the Packers, he was a guy who was kind of on the fringe could maybe go in the 6th 7th round had like a high free agent grade and i knew though he had a ton of potential and so he i he was like who i set my sights on i was recruiting a bunch of other people didn't land a few of the higher graded guys but with him and this is you know from him and this is what he'll tell you what made him decide to sign with me was Um, just the relationship we had. And so I went out there very early, met with him in person. It was not close. He went to Tulane, so I had to fly to to New Orleans, which I'm not complaining about. (laughs) And I checked in with him probably every two or three days. I watched every single one of his games. I still, to this day, on my TV, have Tulane games recorded because I keep forgetting to take it off. (laughs) And it's like when you're this early in your career, that's what sets you apart is – building that relationship so that even though they might have someone with more experience recruiting them if they feel like she cares about me more she's been really invested in me this season she showed up when she said she's going to show up show up those are the things that can set you apart when you're super early on in your career and so for me that worked he signed with me and then this last year the 2019 season I felt like I had some some momentum you know my feet were wet and then I ended up signing my first draft pick. So um, you have to just kind of learn with from what like works for you and what your personality lends to. And for me, it's relationships and being consistent. So I think that's what got me both of those guys.
0: Nice. And you definitely just dropped a lot of gems. But I wanted to kind of unpack that um, response. And I know that in the industry, obviously, it's a very male-dominated industry. How do you go about finding the, the confidence to make sure that you not only have a, a seat, but a voice at the table as you... Uh, build these relationships and and partner with these clients
1: I think you know the biggest thing is to remember that if you so if you get a meeting with a player that alone is showing you they take you seriously to some extent so you have to show up and you have to really like sit in that confidence that okay like I'm here and I belong here Mm -hmm. and you can't let yourself think, well, I'm a woman. I need to prove that I know what I'm talking about because that will just turn people off. It's kind of, recruiting is kind of like dating <laughs> where you don't want to show up to the date and seem desperate or that you're overcompensating or list off your qualifications, you know, really quickly so that they take you seriously. You have to just know, like, you know, I'm legit. I know what I'm doing and that's going to come through whether I'm a man or a woman. Mm-hmm. And the thing about this business is it's hard for anybody. Men and women alike, being a man does not guarantee success, just like being a woman doesn't guarantee that you won't find success it's it's hard all around and you see tons of people come into this industry and not just fail but just not even really give it its full go because it will it it's so hard um, and so as a woman it's important for me to not just like you said get a seat at the table but I don't want to just be one of the few women agents. And while that's an honor and I take it seriously, I want to be one of the good agents. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I try to not like think about the fact like, Oh, I'm a woman. So let me do this differently or you know, like the bottom line is they know I'm a woman before I even get there. <laughs> yeah. Same with same with GMs and scouts and the, the team personnel that I talk to. I have been treated with so much respect and um, just treated very well in this industry. And I think a lot of that is because I do carry myself with confidence and I do the work behind the scenes so that when I show up to negotiations or I take a meeting with a GM at the combine, I know what I'm talking about. And I know what I'm doing and so they might think at first like oh this is different you know she's not only a woman she's young but then they leave the meeting saying well that wasn't any different than talking to a guy you Mm -hmm. know like she she knew what she was talking about we did what we had to do and and that's that so I think just being prepared and and not letting that like just always be on your shoulders.
0: Um, and obviously there are a few uh, women that are professional NFL agents that I'm aware of other than um, yourself and uh, agent Nicole Lynn. Was there anyone else out there that kind of you looked at for inspiration or kind of as the blueprint as you made this uh, journey?
1: Yeah, there's a few, um, you know, that have really like they're the true trailblazers. Like I'm very close to Nicole. We're great friends because we're very similar in age. We're a couple years apart, I think. And, you know, we're, we're kind of, she's been in the business a couple years longer than me, but we, we both are still fairly new to this. Um, but as far as like the people that before I even got here, I looked up to mainly Kelly Masters. She's been in the business for about 20 years. Um, you know, Christina Phillips, she's awesome. There's a, there's a bunch of women that have been doing this for a long time. And they might not always get the first round picks that make the headlines, but they're good agents who consistently have clients that do a really good job for them. And that's what I care about most. I mean, getting a first rounder is, everybody wants that at some point because that's exciting, but it doesn't like, it won't mean anything if you're not good at what you do. And so for me, like my role models are those people who have been able to find longevity in this. Cause like I said, it's so hard. And I think that's because as women, we know that we have to provide great service. We have to know what we're doing because people are looking for a reason to tell us why we aren't good agents. So I think they just set the bar so high as far as just honesty, integrity, their quality of service and, and those, those few women. There's a few more that I left off, but there's like a little group of women that have been around for a while um, that have really like blazed the trail for us. Gotcha.
0: Talking about, um consistency and blazing the trail can you kind of uh, elaborate on the process of the constant communication you have to be in with the players and I've, I've heard many stories from different agents whether it's in the MLB the NFL or the NBA just talk about how draining of a process it is to actually keep up with the day-to-day of potential clients and then landing someone and then someone having to walk away so just kind of wanted you to share your journey.
1: So are you asking specifically about recruiting or clients that I already have?
0: Yeah. Just recruiting in general.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's the toughest part of this business, but it's the lifeblood of the business. So mm-hmm. it's, it never gets easier. I mean, it does get a little easier. I should say it is hard your first year when you have no clients cause that's hard to sell, but it gets easier in a tiny bit because then you can say I've done this before and you have a blueprint and you have examples, mm-hmm. but it never gets easier in the sense that it's just as cutthroat every single year. And every year it seems like there are more and more things you have to do to impress these guys and to keep up with the Joneses. And it is just exhausting. Mm -hmm. But if you are genuine about it and you recruit guys who align with your values, it becomes at least a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I only recruit guys who kind of fit the same mold as me and my company, hard work, um, you know, family oriented, just the guys who are going to go and have a good attitude and work their butts off because this league is hard to get to, but it's harder to stay at. Mm -hmm. So I look for guys who have the same values as me because just like when I do work for them and they are my client, it's so much easier to have these long nights and get on airplanes all the time and fly across the country for a two hour meeting. If you know the person you're doing it for appreciates it. So um, that makes it a lot easier. I'm very particular about who I recruit. I don't have a list of 50 guys that I go after. Um, it's very small and that makes it easier because then it's not every day having to send a hundred texts. Like I know of a very well-known agent who he sends a text out every day at the same time. Wow. And I know that he recruits a ton of people. And so either A, he's not sending them himself or B, he isn't. It's probably all copy and pasted, you know? Okay. And so, or maybe it's not, I kudos if it's not, but for me, like that just becomes too impersonal. And I would rather have the time to talk to, you know, 10 guys every day, than be forced to just send off one little text and not really be able to, to have that real connection with them. So keeping the list smaller helps, um, recruiting quality guys helps a lot. Um, and you know what, when you know, you eat what you kill in this business, you don't mind doing all of it. (laughs) It's, it's. It's hard, but it's also an adrenaline rush when it's going well or when you do play on somebody. So I try to just keep my eye on the prize.
0: Nice. And uh, believe it or not, I actually just recently watched um, Jerry Maguire for the first <laughs> time. So like that was my interpretation of an agent growing up before I even saw it, that they were just like this crazy person that almost had to like uh, hold the hand of their client the entire time. But it's cool that you actually are mindful in your um, approach and targeting guys that are quality, that are hardworking, so
1: yeah you don't want to be a professional babysitter that's exhausting
0: (laughs) exactly Exactly. i was going to ask what services do you provide specifically um, for your clients
1: um so we're a full service agency so we do everything basically um the only things that we don't do is we don't provide uh financial advising because that's just not our forte and that's not you know we're not educated in that i'm not an expert in that i didn't go to school for that so we source that out and anything else like that, that's like really, um, like specialty. Like I don't represent guys in court for, you know, in areas of law that I don't practice that would just be not a good, not good service. Um, but everything else you can think of contract negotiations. Um, if they get injured, we manage their injuries. If they get cut, we find them new work marketing deals um or like a concierge service too so we'll handle logistics for them if they need help with rental cars hotel rooms flights um anything they need help planning their wedding we will help them with that like it really is we are really are a catch-all and there's not really anything they can call us about that we won't at least help them get to where they need to go to get that done
0: Gotcha. And I kind of wanted to just pivot a little bit, obviously, given the current climate with the uh, pandemic, how has that affected your ability to kind of partner with new clients or, or reach out to um, new individuals that are looking to be drafted this year for upcoming week?
1: It's been really tough because I do my best work in person and that's kind of been eliminated right now. And so everything's been over zoom or over the phone, which is better than nothing, but I don't think it's as personal. And there's just something about sitting across from someone that you can really feel their passion and their energy and feel if they're genuine and all those things that can't really be captured over a computer or phone. So it's been really difficult for me personally in that sense, because again, that's where I think I do my best work. Um, but you know, I'm one of the, no, no agent out there is not being faced with this. So it's something we've all had to adapt to. And it's just, it's part of being an agent is being able to adapt every year. Like I said, things are changing. So um, you always have to be ready to try new strategies or, or implement things that other agencies are doing that it's working. So it's been tough, but it's not, you know a stranger thing to this business. And we've just tried to find new ways to connect with the guys um, outside of meeting them in person.
0: Gotcha. kind of talking about connections, I know you said that you've been at your current agency for about five years. So I'm pretty sure that you probably have a mentor or support system. Can you kind of speak to how you went about building that um, relationship to have people that you can bounce ideas off as you navigate your career?
1: So, you know, my boss is my number one mentor. He took me under his wing when I had no experience. I didn't even have my law degree yet. I was the first person he ever hired. Um, We still are pretty small. He hasn't hired another agent. Well, not really hired another agent since. We've had another agent come on and partner with us. But I was the first person he took from, you know, beginning to being a full-blown agent. And that takes a lot of hard work and patience on his end. So he's been my, my biggest mentor. And I mean, there's nothing that I can't call or text him about typically we're in the office so I can just shout it at him but right now like you know he's he has really fostered my growth um so that's kind of you know built in with him being my boss but you know I spoke about Kelly Masters um and Nicole both of them have become huge resources for me because it, it like I love my boss and he has given me everything in my career but he's still a man um and doesn't face some of the challenges that I face. So it is nice to have a couple women in my corner that I really feel like are cheering for me and are honest. And again, can, I can trust them. They have integrity. And those two I connected with via social media. Um, you know, when I started in this business, I just started following anyone I saw that was also an NFL agent. And then over the years, you know, you were all at the same events. And so it just turned into us connecting there. And, you know, I had dinner with Nicole at the combine um, this last year. I had a glass of wine with Kelly. Like you, you find time to connect with them because there is just nothing like having that sisterhood within the NFL, because there's not a lot of us, you know, you go to a lot of these things, you look around, you're the only woman in the restaurant or the only woman in the stands. Um, And so having them has been just so crucial for me. Um, And and they are the type of people that are both mentors, but also I'm there to um, be a sounding board for them as well because there's just so much about this business and industry that I would love to to vent to my friends about, Mm -hmm. but they just won't get it. (laughs) (laughs) It's such an industry that most people know nothing about really from the inside. So um, those two and just good old social media. Social media has played a huge role in my career. I've built a huge network um, on Twitter specifically that has really helped me get to where I'm at.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. So I actually came across your name because one of my former um, guests, Dior Gignard, he uh, shouted you out, I think like a few weeks ago, as one of the agencies in the NFL killing it. I was like, all right, let me just look her up.
1: Love Dior. And yeah, yeah Dior I connected with on Twitter too. Like obviously with him being in the PA, mm-hmm. like we've, you know, communicated and I communicate with the PA all the time, but Dior and I specifically, I started following him. I don't know how a few years ago. And then, you know, same with him. Like we hung out at the combine. It's just, you have to have that. It's not just mentors, but like you said, that support system of people who just get it. And so that you're able to, you know, when you're having those moments, you can reach out to them, but also like someone like Dior is so like helpful because he's on the other side of things. And so he helps me, you know, when my players need something or, I need a question answered, you know, he's my guy that I can go to. And that makes me better at my job because I have him, you know, right there in my phone rather than having to call the office, get directed to the right person. And I, I love like this younger group of people like we are kind of building in, in the league that we all support each other.
0: Um, outside of social media, have you, how have you been able to stay sane during this lockdown?
1: Um, I'm really lucky gyms are open here. so actually going to the gym after this i work out pretty much every day uh yoga hot pilates spin or i run indoors right now not outdoors too hot um that has i mean i can't even imagine what my mental state would be right now if i didn't have that um and you know i i i'll admit i go out to eat <laughs> like i i stay safe i wear my mask i mostly eat on patio so i haven't been eating out a lot lately because it's too hot but I firmly believe everyone right now needs to do what is good for them, mm-hmm. and for me, like that, I need to be a little social. I need to work out, so I do those things. I do them safely, um, and a lot of TV. <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs> oh, have, you of, uh, have you heard of
0: Have you heard of goat yoga?
1: I have. Um, I'm not in. A, I've only done a few yoga classes. Okay. I've been doing, I've done it. So I did it for the first time once my Pilates studio opened back up a couple of months ago. And I'm, you know, with it being whatever you want to call this. I feel like it's not even quarantined anymore, but with yeah. the shutdowns and everything, I have more time than I usually do because I'm not traveling. Uh-oh. And so I've been able to try a few yoga classes and I don't think goat yoga is going to be on my agenda anytime soon.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Sure, sure. But I
1: have seen tons of photos and videos of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty big here in New York, but uh, I guess it's That's
1: funny. It's
0: like the taste. Um, I was going to ask obviously, you're making, um, you're trailblazing the NFL. Do you have any intention of getting into the NBA space?
1: No. no. <laughs> I have found early on in my career that the, I said recruiting is the lifeblood of this business, but really it's relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to recruit because you need to make money. Um, but relationships are everything in this business. And like I was just talking about with Dior, similar to him, you know, I have my relationships with every team now, whether it's the GM, the director of player personnel, scouts, and I'm five years into this and I still only have, you know, a a limited network of people who I can text, you know, and they're, they're super friendly and open with me. And that takes years. I mean, my boss has been doing this for 20 years almost, and there's still a couple of people that he doesn't know very well. Mm -hmm. And that's what really makes you succeed because you need those people to um, not just like know you, but think highly of you and be willing to communicate with you honestly about your clients or about potential clients. So I just don't see myself having the ability to go into a new sport and create those relationships and do my job in a way that I would be able to do it at this level of quality, you know, service. Um, the other thing is like, I am all about balance. I'm very lucky to work for a company that's about balance and June, July for me, I can actually, you know, go to Cabo for a week. If I did basketball or MLB or something, that wouldn't be really possible because they'd be in season or they'd be in summer league or the draft for the NBA's in the summer. So I love having my schedule be the football schedule (laughs) where like the draft happens, guys go off to OTAs, they go to mini camp, and then we get a breather. Um, And I just know that for me personally, I think everyone needs to like take inventory of what makes them happy and healthy. And I know for me personally, like, I, I need a good work life or work home life balance to be, to be successful and to be happy. Gotcha.
0: And obviously, talking about the shutdown and the pandemic uh, is very different than when the sports are in their regular season. And I know your schedule is pretty busy, but how do you uh, go about finding that balance or drawing inspiration when you're having a long day or a client's not responding to the text or, or you didn't land that client you just wanted to uh, pursue?
1: I always say like, you just have to know your why, because I think that's what separates people who just love sports and they think it's cool versus the people who are truly in this. Cause we think it, it aligns with our purpose and this is our purpose, um, because you are going to face so much rejection in this business. And so many days I have to do tasks, um, that really aren't fun. Whether it's, you know, I get a call from a client that he's cut or I have to, tell a client bad news or i have to text a call a client 10 times so that they can do what they were asked to do by you know a brand or something mm-hmm. those things aren't fun so much of this is not glamorous and it's tough and you have to be willing to be available 24/7 i miss birthdays i miss holidays you know i'm often running on low sleep when i'm traveling and so all those moments and the things that you spoke of The thing that gets you through is when you know why you're doing this. And for me, it's so much bigger than money or I want to sign a first rounder. Like I truly believe like God has me here to represent certain people. And so it just, that pulls me out of those like holes where you're like, I just can't keep going today. Or I feel so down or like a failure because the client didn't sign with me. You just have to remember that wasn't meant for me the client that is, is waiting for me. And if I stop now or I let this get me down, I won't get there. And, and I'm, I'm lucky in that I learned that early on because I got a lot of no's from guys I really wanted to sign my first two years, Mm -hmm. but my first draft pick is the most phenomenal human being. And so much about our story, our story as agent client, it just, shows me it was like all God all along and I wouldn't change all the no's I went through for that to be the right yes you know Mm -hmm. and so you just have to know like everything is happening for you and know your why push through um if you can't push through it's probably not what you're supposed to be doing
0: that's that's really good advice um as we kind of wrap up I wanted to ask what is your advice for someone that wants to be an agent specifically the young women that are out there that are listening
1: um, what I just said, like, get into it for the right reasons. Um, you know, loving sports is not enough. Uh, so many people love sports. So many women love sports, but that doesn't mean you're meant to do this specifically. Um, and also just don't try to mold yourself into the industry. The industry needs to be shaken up in the sense that these guys need options. They need to be able to sign with a black agent. They need to be able to sign with a woman agent. Or a white agent or a male agent, but they need those options and they don't need the black, you know, men to come in and act like the white men. They don't need the women to come in and act like the men. Like all of the things that make us, you know, minorities in this business are what this business needs. They need those options and they need us to be genuine to ourselves and to not um, try to just fit in because then what's the point of us being here? Um, You know, I think a lot of the, the guys who do, um, meet with me and the guys who end up signing with me, I think it's because I bring something different to the table than the other agents they met with. And so we have to, as women, if you want to be an agent, just don't try to, you know, play yourself down. Like if you wear heels, wear heels. If you like to be girly, be girly. None of that means you're not going to be a good agent. And the industry needs people to just keep doing those things so that it becomes normal at a certain point.
0: There are a lot of gems you just shared. Um, again, wanted to say thanks for joining the podcast. Before we kind of wrap up, I wanted to see if you have a few seconds to sit in the hot seat so I can get your take on five random questions.
1: All right, let's hear it.
0: <laughs> All right, cool. Um, so I know that you travel a lot. So first question, do or I seat and why?
1: Okay, so this is a two-part answer window if it's an hour and a half or less okay. aisle if it's anything more because I will have to go to the bathroom and it gives me anxiety having to like wake people up and make <laughs> them move and I also I actually prefer the aisle okay. but I there are the times where I'm like I just want to rest my head so th- those are my answers <laughs> are, are,
0: you the, are you the person that has the window up getting the snap of the plane taking off always Okay.
1: <laughs> Unless if it's super hot, like right now, if you flew in Vegas, they'd make you put the windows down when you boarded okay. um, and then you can put it up. But the only time I put it down really is if it's really bright and it's like 5 a.m. I don't want to be that person gotcha. um, or if I need to sleep. <laughs>
0: gotcha. um, on an off day, are you sleeping in or are you waking up early?
1: I wake up early most of the time, like before 7 a.m. usually.
0: Oh, wow. That's, that's super early.
1: I actually wake up easier and earlier on my off days. Hmm. I think because I don't have to be anywhere. I just am more relaxed about it.
0: <laughs> gotcha. That makes sense. Um, for an actual live game, would you rather be on the sideline or in a press box? Football? Yeah.
1: Press box. Sideline, you can't really see anything.
0: That is true. I'm not mad at that. Um, good book or a good movie?
1: um oh it depends a uh, good movie
0: okay I know you said you've been watching a lot of tv lately what have you been watching
1: um I watch I'm so boring I watch new girl or the office almost every day I've watched both a million times through um let me think of something though like new I've watched this is so bad because I watch nothing new <laughs> do you watch I watched a lot of new stuff in the beginning of quarantine, uh-huh. and I, I feel like I, like, got through everything, you know, like yeah. Tiger King, Dead yeah. to Me, all the good stuff. Um, but, yeah, I can't think of anything really new I've watched. Oh, I did start The Wire for the first time.
0: Oh, wow. That's really my good.
1: Bo- my boss is obsessed and I swear he's yeah. gonna fire me if I don't finish it, but I got to season two. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot to watch. yeah, yeah. and you have to be paying yeah. attention. Yeah. So I keep having to like watch episodes over again because I get distracted with work. so yeah. it's like a commitment to watch the wire.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's really good and Sopranos is really good. I was gonna ask, have you watched uh, last chance you?
1: I haven't in a long time.
0: Oh, God. Yeah, is, uh, it's pretty interesting if you get.
1: Yeah, I've been meaning to get back to it. I also have never watched Hard Knocks in my life, which is oh, crazy. Wow. <laughs> I
0: know
1: I got I gotta get HBO and watch it this season though, because we have a few clients on it. So I need to I need to finally just suck it up and pay for HBO.
0: <laughs> nice, I hear you. And uh, last question, because I'm hungry: uh, salsa or guac?
1: Oh, that's so hard. Because salsa is so versatile, and oh, guac. I have to go guac. <laughs> guac.
0: Yeah, you can't you can't go wrong either way. No. Exactly. Um and last question, how can people get connected with you to kind of follow your journey and see your next uh, steps?
1: Um, I'm Molly Mac on Instagram, just regular M O L Y M A C K and then Twitter, same thing, but there's three L's because someone picked Molly Mac long before I did. <laughs> Such a bummer. Gotcha.
0: Cool. Uh, thanks again for joining. going to leave the last few seconds for you to have any words of wisdom, advice, or just parting words as we wrap up.
1: Um, my advice is just always be yourself. Be genuine to you. You never want to get hired or get a job or a client by faking it or being someone you're not because that will eventually come to light. And everyone deserves to be their true authentic self in everything they do. And if it doesn't feel right, it's probably not what you're meant to be doing. So be you. It's always enough.
0: Mm, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, Again, I'm your host, Leighton Williams. This is the You Should Listen podcast, and we are out.